0: Free advice, free advice, would you like some free advice, free advice, free advice forever? This is going. It's real.
1: It's real. It's only as real as we say it is.
0: And I'd say it's pretty real.
1: Okay, then I'd say I'm a little nervous, which is weird.
0: Me too, but I'm going to reframe it as excitement. <laughs> it's a theater Such trick I a was key taught. key reframe. <laughs> yeah. So, this is free advice with Morgan Beard
1: and Rob Zaleski.
0: Welcome to the podcast.
1: Welcome. (laughs) Welcome. Uh,
0: Wherever you are right now, whether you're driving or in the kitchen, chopping (laughs) up shallots,
1: (laughs) crying your baby eyes out,
0: (laughs) we're on a couch. It's an L couch, we have a bear skin rug. We've got nice not real. succulents. It's not real. It's we a faux bear skin rug. Although, who really cares about protecting bears, right? I mean, actually, bears it's sheep. People. It's
1: faux sheep. It's very in right now. Faux sheep skins are very in right now.
0: Okay. I think people are fine with skin sheep. Um, <laughs> just trying to set the stage just for you. It's a broad
1: stroke that people generally are fine with <laughs> skinning sheep.
0: Well, that's the whole wool industry, right?
1: <laughs> I suppose. But, no, because you can shear wool without harming the animal.
0: Hmm. Oh, and so if you take the skin off, they get hurt? They
1: need the skin. Like, you need your skin. But, like, if I cut, trim your arm hairs oh, okay. and make a sweater, that doesn't hurt you.
0: But if you just, under, like, hurt. seven layers of skin, couldn't you just take the top layer?
1: Theoretically, but you'd have to have a very precise <laughs> instrument just okay. to get the real epi of the dermis, it's, you know?
0: It's 2019. I imagine that you can get just the E <laughs> of the pedermis if you want to. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Just the EP. Just, like, a few singles. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Let's fucking to on this. Uh, on this standard. is this is a
0: podcast where we set an intention to answer people's calls for advice and uh, and de- call
1: defined very broadly.
0: Well, all right. I'll give you guys the real deal. Uh, we're going on Reddit, sorting by new, and looking for the shortest posts asking for advice that can be easily read.
1: That's what uh, Rob's doing. I'm sitting answered- here.
0: Yeah, I tried to get Morgan to participate in this, and she said that she was fine and got on OkCupid and found our friend. And uh, (laughs) instead of preparing for this, because I guess it's just a different approach. She thought it was more important that the table be pretty than we plan the content.
1: Actually, What? what I wanted was specifically to curate what's on the table Okay. in order to give us additional content and fodder for thought. okay, Potentially. If we needed it. We may not need it. It may never be useful to discuss what's on the table, um, but I thought, hey, why not put something on the table that could potentially spark a conversation mm. in the middle of a conversation that's probably going full steam anyway and doesn't need it. But um, yeah, I guess that's an it's a anxiety crutch, kind of, of being like, okay, well, you know, if we run out of things to talk about, which when have we ever? Um, my plant that was formerly in the kitchen is now on the table and. Its name is Carlotta, and it has these beautiful spotted leaves. I've never seen a plant like this before, and I've somehow been able to keep her alive when I generally struggle to keep plants alive. Feel free to interrupt me anytime. Okay. You want me to keep going, though? Um, so Carlotta's on the table, and she does actually this super cool thing where um, during the daytime, I guess when there's sunlight, her leaves kind of you know f- spread out and fall. So they can, like, catch the sunlight, you know, from wherever, from whence it came. And then at night, she kind of folds her leaves upright a little bit more, closes herself off to the elements. Maybe, maybe she gets cold. I find that fascinating.
0: It has to do with the absorption of sunlight, I'm sure, and conservation of energy, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, we're not here to give science advice because that's not our expertise.
0: I'm an expert in a couple realms of science. Oh, what realms? Well, I have a psychology degree from Duke University.
1: I did not know that your major was psychology. Well... (laughs) Mine wasn't.
0: Yeah, well, now you know. I'm not sure what yours was either, so...
1: Visual and media studies is very broad. I knew that. Um, I like to make jokes where I use my observational skills to see things that are very obvious and then someone makes a joke about it and then I say, well, I was a visual studies major, very (laughs) keen observer.
0: (laughs) Like this wall is made of bricks.
1: I'm a visual studies major. Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. That sounds fun.
1: Just a little deconstruction of my, my ridiculously silly sense of humor.
0: What, um, so you admit to having a couple like stock joke types or jokes that Uh repeat themselves. Yes. Do you think that there's a joke type that you have told the most
1: Yes, What's um, that? I have a couple stock jokes about Delaware that are very stupid. Okay, because I have to talk with a frequency that I'm definitely not comfortable with about being from Delaware, because which is any a time I brought up place
0: to be from. People don't generally know people from Delaware. Right. We live in Los Angeles. I'm not going right. to say exactly where we're recording but we're out from. Here. Los Angeles, somewhere in LA. Rob <laughs> is from
1: West Virginia, and not I'm, I'm from Delaware. Yeah. And these are two weird states. Um, that that people have fragmented knowledge about. And so, like, yeah, when someone's like, where are you from? And I say, I say Delaware, and then I usually say, um, some people say they've driven through it, and I say, don't blink, you'll miss it. Teehee, it's the second smallest state. Um, again, I did not promise that these were good jokes, but people are, people are used to when they ask, where are you from, getting an extremely boring answer. So the smallest amount of humor, I think people tend to appreciate mm-hmm. way more than what's deserved. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and you're expressing a value because this often comes up early in a conversation that mm-hmm, someone asks where are mm-hmm. you from and you can show them look, I'm more interested in us making jokes yes. and us finding ways to make each other laugh than talking about uh our stat sheets of these yeah. rote questions.
1: I had like had an experience probably the most um like you know illustrative illustrative illustrative, mm-hmm. illustrative of this. Um New Year's I was at a party. We were all dancing, having a great time. Um, and someone tries to come up to me while we're dancing and ask me where I'm from. And I was like, Delaware, do you really want to talk about this right now? You want, like, oh, okay, wh- how long did you live there? Yeah, I, I, that's where I lived when I was a fetus. That's where I lived when I was 10 years old. That's where I lived when I was fucking 13. W- really, like, you want to talk about this. Are you sure there's nothing else going what on right wish, now that you'd rather talk what about? What do you wish they'd say? Anything else. He was just like, yeah, <laughs> and I was like, fucking, yeah, What do you think his, his real
0: thought, what do you think motivated those questions? He him like being a boring person. But why was he talking to you at all? Did you know him at all? Was, no, I did not you know him he at was, all. He's probably attracted to you, and he was like, this is something safe to ask but a person. Sure, to start a it's conversation. safe.
1: But then when he got the, once he got the message that I was not at all shy about delivering, that this was not a topic I wanted to go into, mm-hmm. I started making a, you know, I made these jokes. Um, you know, Oh really? That's what you want to talk about? We're like, we're dancing in under this beautiful pavilion in a camp outdoors. We're all dressed crazy. We're, we're having so much fun. Like there's so many things we could talk about. Why in God's name would you want to basically push pause on the fun (laughs) to talk about the second smallest state where, you know, I mean, sorry, Delawareans that are listening, but I have never found it very interesting to be from Delaware. Um, (laughs) <laughs> clearly I also have some like anger that's coming up around this issue because <laughs> it's just like, it's the least interesting thing about me. That's why I don't like to talk about that. I'm from Delaware. Mm. I genuinely think it's the least thing. An interesting thing. Hmm. By a lot. Like I'm very interesting.
0: Uh, maybe it's the least interesting thing, uh, that is talked about often, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that there are subjects that you've never broached that are less interesting
1: I end up talking about tax-free shopping a lot. I end up talking about you know because retail it's one of the two states or whatever yeah. where there's no taxes, and then also a lot of corporations like file there. They set they say that the yeah, headquarters yeah. is there again. And then you get the Delaware
0: plates because people.
1: Mm-hmm. And then we talk. Sometimes we talk about Joe Biden, and um, you know sometimes we talk about how small it is. And some people say, "Isn't it the smallest state?" And I say, "No, Rhode Island is the smallest state." Right.
0: I, I don't know why people wouldn't know that.
1: Look, not everyone can know everything and that's why we're here to give them advice. That's what's it is the first state. Number
0: one chronologically.
1: Number one chronologically, another joke I make is so what have you done what have you done for me lately?
0: (laughs) I don't understand that joke.
1: Um, we were the first state, and that was a very long time ago. So Uh, I say, What have you done for me lately?
0: Addressing Delaware. Addressing
1: Delaware. Not
0: the person you're talking to.
1: No. Okay. What has that person done for me lately? Bring up a boring topic of conversation. (laughs) Um, but anyway, so some free advice for you guys. Um, don't ask me about Delaware cause it's just nonsense. <coughs> Bless you, my dear. We're going to have
0: to edit that out.
1: No, we're not. <laughs> yeah, Why? we
0: are. I don't want to be sneezing on this podcast.
1: Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> just
0: a huge sneeze. Have you ever heard someone sneeze on a podcast?
1: We could be groundbreakers. We could be pioneers. It's
0: not, that's not the thing that I want to innovate.
1: That's <laughs> not How I,
0: I don't want that written on my tombstone. <laughs>
1: Well then, say something better than your sneeze, which I f- fear you're fully capable of. Okay,
0: here's something. Okay, uh, I prefer to say "Gesundheit" mm-hmm. as a way of getting God out of the etiquette for sneezes. <laughs> I do. I always separation say of church
1: and sneeze. Yeah.
0: Really though, like <laughs> it's weird that people who otherwise never bring up God are That's not say true, "God because bless we you."
1: Use the Lord's name in vain all the time.
0: I don't. What? Don't, like, God damn it! Yeah. I don't say that. All right, well. I say Jesus. Okay. During sex sometimes. I don't oh, know. Where God came comes from. a lot.
1: Yeah, God comes a lot.
0: But I don't really say God during sex. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't do well, that.
1: Definitely don't say it like that. That's
0: my big shot <laughs> of Oh, God. <laughs> no, I don't I do say that. I say fuck a lot. I say fuck too.
1: Um, damn. I say yeah. Damn. Yeah.
0: Ooh, Ooh, I give him some oohs. Ooh is good. Ooh, and mmm.
1: Oh, I actually say, God damn. I say like, I do say God.
0: Yeah. Okay. I don't do that. Uh,
1: My, my concept for what God is Mm -hmm. broadly has changed to a point where I'm actually, I'm comfortable using the word because I recognize that it's just a label that we're applying to something. But how does it relate
0: to sneezes for you? It doesn't, does it?
1: Well, some people say bless you. Yeah, not just God. I think blessing.
0: you. I think you hit me with the bless you, but I did. Where does the blessing come from? It, me, it, because <laughs> no, you're the blesser. Okay, I'm the blesser. You're not rubbing God into this at all. You think, but why do you think? But I But I think blessed? we are all. You know the tradition. We are all God. You know what it means. You know, like where that comes from, right? Because
1: your heart skips a beat or some shit. No,
0: that I think it's like your soul leaving your body when you I'm sneeze, and if if this. no one ever blesses, if God, if someone doesn't wish for God to bless you, then you just go the rest of your life. A soulless person. That's grim. Yeah. So...
1: If you sneeze into a tissue, is that okay? Because then you, it's captured and you can re... You got no. it right there and you can just shove it back in your face?
0: No. I don't think the, No.
1: Once it's out, it's out. I think so. Okay. Alright.
0: I think that's where the superstition <laughs> has... be Like, I don't want to support superstition becoming etiquette.
1: Oh. Really?
0: Yeah, I think etiquette should be reevaluated, and we should only do the parts that make sense. Because there are things like using your phone at the dinner table while another person's talking that don't have a history of being banned or enforced mm-hmm. in etiquette. And then we do have things that don't make sense, um, like elbows on the dinner table. Why would you give a fuck about that? But some well, people. Oh gosh, will, I wouldn't know. <laughs> well, it, traditionally, that's one of the things you're taught: is right. you don't put your elbows on the dinner table. And then you're not taught. The phone etiquette, the newer things that don't have like this lore. We weren't
1: taught. Kids now probably are. Some kids. Well, not every kid is taught, don't put your elbows on the table. There are rude kids everywhere. I was, my big issue, um, the one that I got scolded by, scolded on, one of many things that I was scolded on um, was sitting properly. Um,
0: what does that mean? The
1: definition, right. The definition of sitting properly, because I would always sit with like one foot under my butt and one foot dangling on the floor or on both feet on the chair and just sort of a weird configuration with my feet and my knees. Um, and so, uh, my mom would be like sit properly. And that means, you know, butt on the chair, feet on the floor. Um, and I think that I don't think there should be a proper way to sit.
0: What about posture and the mind-body connection?
1: There is a healthy way to sit, but not necessarily... A grounded way to sit, but not necessarily a proper way to sit, in my opinion. I don't like the use of the word proper, because it, it implies a right or wrong that I don't think is intr- Okay, <laughs> you just don't like to proper. That. Yeah.
0: But would you be okay with, if you're parenting, which I know you're not stoked on that future, mm-hmm. but imagine that you have a kid of suggesting... Or trying to correct the way that they're sitting if they're doing something that you find wrong for hmm. any reason.
1: I think I could see myself valuing sitting in a way that's present.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to start all over.
1: <laughs> may I, I may bless you now. I've blessed you now.
0: Okay. I hope you sneeze so I get to use Gesundheit.
1: Sure. I could pretend if you want to. But no, seems don't, don't really that. sort of the antithesis of order. Yeah, this here. is
0: about authenticity, not fake sneezes.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I
0: hate that when I'm with a girl and she keeps faking sneezes, and I never know. I'm always in my head of like, is she, am I really making her sneeze or not? I've got all this pepper out, and she just keeps <laughs> hahchu. Ha- oh wow, that was a big one. Look at all the snot on my elbow.
1: <laughs> nah, no,
0: you're faking it. <laughs> Women don't fake your sneezes, okay? <laughs> you're not helping anybody.
1: Right, because it sets up this pretext of like. Um, you know reinforcing the wrong things like you know wow you've put so much pepper on the table in exactly the right way I'm so pleased by this I think I'll feign a sneeze because then that person is going to go to the next person that they put pepper on the table for and say oh well last time I arranged the pepper like this she sneezed eight times yep you are not helping future women including yourself (laughs) by faking a sneeze
0: (laughs) Don't do it. Just don't do it. And guys, be more okay with sometimes she's not going to (laughs) sneeze. That's all right.
1: Yeah, like she she may sniffle, and that may be the best sniffle of her Mm -hmm. life.
0: Or you might encounter a woman who's just loaded with sneezes, and she sneezes five times in a row, and it really doesn't have anything to do with you.
1: Right. It's just just, something in the air. She's very sick. But (laughs) – Let's definitely not place a value judgment on any woman's sneezing capacity.
0: I think you can sneeze enough to where a doctor would definitely diagnose you as very sick. Uh Uh-huh. If you're sneezing all day, like the people who have constant hiccups for years and can't sleep, or I'm sure you wake up to sneeze. I don't remember ever waking up from a sneeze, but (laughs) you could, right?
1: Have you ever woken up from a fart? No. I don't think I have either, but I've, like... People have told me about their experiences of that. Hmm. Or like witnessing their own fart. Okay. So either they've seen their partner wake up to their own fart, their farts, or um, yes, they've noticed that they've done it. I've woken myself up to a snore.
0: Yeah, I do that, especially like I did that sleeping this weekend with my girlfriend in bed. And I knew she was still awake. And I caught myself snoring, so I woke up and then, like, readjusted to try and open my nose up some. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: And then I How kept... How'd that go? I kept doing it. <laughs> I heard that I did it until 5 a.m. That, that was the report that I got.
1: Um, I would really like to go back to the topic of the uh, sneezing. Okay. The, fei- the feigned sneezing. Um, um, because this is an epidemic.
0: We're talking about orgasms, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Unequivocally, we are talking about that. Um, and I think it's really important for both people or all people that are choosing to have sex with each other that aspirationally they're comfortable enough with the people that they're having sex with um, that they can be honest about what makes them sneeze. And... Um, yes.
0: I'll translate. You can keep talking. No, these no, I
1: thought, you know, whatever. Okay. Um, that's my, that's a piece of my free advice is look for opportunities outside of sex and during sex to communicate honestly as, as much as you can. But I know those, God, there are those moments in sex where you're just like in your head, you're just like, Oh like I like I wish it was just a little different and you just beat yourself up you go back and forth and you're like should I say it should I not say it and then you're so in your head and then all of a sudden you're like what am I doing here it'd be mm-hmm. so e- so easy but you I especially like and I'm sure many other people like really take on the feelings of my partner and try to be like are they going to how are they going to respond if I you know say slower faster softer whatever um and I, in my head, I've distorted it into this thing of like, it's going to be this huge deal if I say faster because it's this, because it's basically like I'm holding up a giant sign that says you're doing it wrong. And that's just not true.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so it's a lot of missed. Well, you could,
0: uh, you could start it with, you're doing so great. Give it to me even faster.
1: Yeah. And then that's it's... never been the problem. I mean, well, it, it depends on the act. Down. It depends on the act.
0: Oh, well, I want you to like you're doing so great I want you to slow it down so I can really savor it <laughs> you know there's a way to positively spin yes, any course. of these instructions yes, of course
1: of course I'm lay down. um all right so what else are we going to be giving free advice on because I feel like this is a we could return to this topic in a different depth but for now I feel as though we could we could potentially move on and everyone would survive
0: you're right you're right um the next topic <laughs> that I'd like to address with you... Okay, here's a more conceptual thing. Um, w- the value of kindness versus honesty.
1: Holy I shit. I feel like this, okay, I was, these
0: two are I was, often at war.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And I, this is kind
1: of the same topic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, that was a way into this, or maybe what reminded me of it. So I've been reading Mark Manson's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, and uh, he says his time in Russia was marked by observations of people being what he thought of as very rude and uh, giving lots of unsolicited criticism and he mm-hmm. said their prime value was honesty, not kindness mm-hmm. and uh, he met a Russian man who posited that that evolved out of a lack of economic opportunity that everyone kind of acknowledged that they were fuck fucked under Soviet mm-hmm. times. Um, so the only thing that was valuable to a person was if you could trust them, they weren't going to give you a job or they weren't going to like get mm. you, uh, there's no economic opportunity from them, but that in the West, everybody's a potential employer or like potential recommender. So it was more important to put forward like a kind face and cool. not rub anybody the wrong way. Yeah. They said it was more worthwhile to like rub some people the wrong way and have everyone trust that you were speaking exactly your... Truth. Uh, And then Mark goes on to say that we could probably benefit from more uh, placing honesty over kindness in the West.
1: My opinion on this, which I assume that you're inviting me to share, is yeah. yeah, um, I don't want to jump in if you weren't finished describing it, but um, my personal philosophy. (laughs) Oh, yes. Always consider. Yes, but honestly, (laughs) um, my my kind of top tier principle above kindness and above honesty, because I treat kindness and honesty as vehicles for this is love. Mm -hmm. And, um, I try to be really conscientious of what person, what, what is going to look like love to the recipient? Okay. Not everyone is going to be, maximally loved by a kindness and not everyone all the time is going to be maximally um, loved by honesty. And so for me, I'm constantly surveying and doing like, you know, looking at you, for example, and thinking, will it benefit him? How can I show him the most love in the way that he needs it potentially right now? And some of that is asking people, because a lot of times we fucking go around doing shit all day, Mm -hmm. like martyrs and never ask bother asking anyone (laughs) what do they actually want from us um but um that's a whole other topic but like you know if I want to show my love to you in a moment where you are feeling down you may need kindness in a moment where you are wanting to be challenged you might honesty might serve you better and so um I'm labeling that as love or demonstrating that I care about someone um I don't think there's always that kindness always trumps honesty or honesty always trumps kindness. I think that you have to kind of defer to the recipient. It's like love languages. Okay. You know, it's like, what do you want out of this situation?
0: Let's then take it to the, uh, interactions with people that you don't know yet mm-hmm. and aren't sure where they fit into your life. Kindness. Or if they do at all. Then, then it's kind, kindness. Then kindness. I think that that's the Western value that, uh, that Mark is trying to fight yeah.
1: against. Mm hmm. I don't think it should be to the exclusion of honesty. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Like I'm not going to walk up to someone and give them a compliment that is not honest to my experience of them. Um, But if I look at someone and I genuinely like this happened to me the other day, like I'm, I'm practicing. How do I give more love to feminine? um, Mm -hmm. Because I, I tend to be more attracted to masculine. I'm a heterosexual woman. Um, cisgender woman and white. I just want to make sure I put all the adjectives out there.
0: (laughs) So you can tune out now if that's, that's a turn off for you. You know what you're getting. Uh
1: huh. Um, we're both white. Sorry. Um,
0: (laughs) I was choosing to reserve that information.
1: Yeah. Well, when our faces are in a thumbnail, it's going to be much harder to reserve that information. I was
0: going to go blue or green or some color.
1: Okay. We can tint it. Yeah. Um, however, society experiences Men us as white.
0: Club. Men at the club tell me I look very exotic.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> used to ask get that if, too.
0: I'm something else too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sometimes people assume that I'm Russian. Sometimes people. It's all over the goddamn place. Mm. Um, but I'm like, no, I'm from Delaware. Let's talk about it. <laughs> um, Good one. Thank you.
0: That'll make the trailer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, but it requires so much backstory.
0: <laughs> we'll put um, the whole five minutes. Your intro monologue and yeah. then have that callback, like uh-huh. amazing callbacks. <laughs> Here's what you can count on for yeah. free advice.
1: Great callbacks. What in the goddamn hell was I saying?
0: You were saying people know that you're white and trans or, or whatever you are. <laughs>
1: No, I'm not trans. That's <laughs> the Morgan, opposite of what I was Morgan saying. Morgan
0: was born with a, a dick-sized clit. And <laughs> I've car. heard that it's small. you clit?
1: Mm-hmm. Anyway. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) So Rob and I have had sex one time. Yeah. Um, The, okay.
0: Clit was not notable.
1: I think that's what you want. I think you want a not notable.
0: I love big clits. I might. Oh, okay. I might be a little gay. (laughs) I like it. You
1: know what I like in a woman? A big old clit. <laughs> big
0: honking clit with two two dangling nuts beneath it. <laughs> she can piss out of. Smack me across the face and gag me with. <laughs> type, of the type of clit that she doesn't get juiced up or lube herself until she's fully coming and splattering across my face. Um...
1: Um, back to whatever it was that we were talking about. I don't even know.
0: You were saying that Oh, kindness and honesty,
1: not being mutually exclusive, Uh and then something about me being a white woman.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, I was...
1: Oh, okay. I was uh, getting lunch the other day, and a woman walked by, and so I was very... I I try to overcome my fear or just resistance to showing other women love or kindness Mm -hmm. in this situation and honesty. Um... And I just, I didn't try that hard, but I just looked at her and I liked her outfit and her skirt was like particularly fashionable, I thought, fashion forward. And it's sort of an aspirational thing for me to dress more fashion forward and more feminine. And so I genuinely recognized that I liked her skirt. I liked the way she was wearing it specifically. So we kind of made eye contact and I said, I love your skirt. And that's it. And it was kind and it was honest and it was love. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a super teeny tiny example. Um, but you know, it doesn't, I do think, I think honesty is, is definitely undervalued in, um, our culture. Um, you know, I have a lot of opinions about, um, you know, the ways that we compare ourselves to these false ideas about our peers based on, you know, how we curate our lives and all that and blah, 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 blah. But, um... So I think a higher dose of honesty is definitely useful. But I don't think we need to specifically like rub salt in the wound of it. Like I think it can also be kind. Um, I think kindness is important.
0: I think unprompted, if you're going to offer something to someone, yeah, only do that if it's something intended to make them feel good. Mm -hmm. Someone asks for your opinion about something outside of themselves and you think they might disagree with this if they seem like, they were excited about a movie that they just saw mm-hmm. and you didn't like it. I see a lot of people uh, kind of trying to gauge my reaction and then agree with it first.
1: Ooh, I don't like that at all. Me neither.
0: And I think it <laughs> it's about wanting to be liked by everyone mm-hmm. and to avoid rejection from everyone.
1: Diluting your actual opinion. Mm-hmm. Diluting, not deluding. Okay. Um, yeah. Diluting your truth in order to be palatable to the masses. Yes. I don't like that.
0: People hate that. Or or they don't, they don't hate it, but it it kind of dismisses that person as an option for someone that you'll get really close with. And,
1: uh... For us. Not for For everyone.
0: Why not for everyone? What do... How are we different?
1: Some people want to surround themselves with yes men. That's just Mm -hmm. how a lot of people are. Um, I would say. It's not people that I aspire to be but it's people that I have empathy for and many times they don't know that they're doing this or or sometimes like their friends are the yes men and their relationship is an area where they challenge themselves you know it's it's interesting the different roles that we fill and how and why and how is it based on our dynamics with each of our parents of you know potentially opposite genders um and what we look for from a masculine presence versus what we look for from a feminine presence Um, I think it's fascinating.
0: I think I may not have been rejected enough as a child.
1: (laughs) Okay. So you want a little rejection?
0: I think it's good for me. And now I've definitely celebrated like asking, uh, this girl Deja to my semi-formal in college Mm -hmm. right after a date went well. I know that I'm in this high point. I'm in this moment of experiencing acceptance and then I call up Deja, and uh, oops, I used the real name. Whatever.
1: You already did.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I I know. It's deja vu. Yeah. <laughs> um, asked her to my semi-formal, and she was like, "No, I don't. I don't go to dances or things like that."
1: Okay. How did Young Rob face this rejection?
0: Um. Oh, I was proud of myself for being okay for doing it mm-hmm. and inviting it and in, like had a smile that i even asked and another wow. time i made a girl really uncomfortable we were hooking up on the beach we were making out and i was like i want to fuck you right here right now and she was like that's my cue to leave okay you don't walk me home and i was like well i just let me like make sure you get home safe i'm not like i'm still the same person <laughs> i'm not going to rape like, you
1: right exactly <laughs> i was I just trying to like be sexy
0: <laughs> right uh, exactly that's i thought that it would be hot even just expressing the desire, I was like, it's fine for you to say no or press to not go. I was yeah. kind of like just dirty talking. Yeah, yeah. But I oh, don't wait, know what her past experience... That was junior year. I don't Mirtle think a Beach. woman is
1: ready for that at that time, potentially. Some are. Some are.
0: Yeah. Um, she wasn't. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope.
1: Okay, or, that's...
0: I can't believe... <laughs> the tone that I took could have reminded her of someone else. I try to, like, recognize that a person's condition... I can easily remind someone of a negative experience and,
1: uh, and for those of us that aren't looking at Rob right now, which is everyone but me. Um, I feel it important to note that Rob has an intensity about the way that he talks and the way that he looks at people Mm -hmm. that can be intimidating. I've like, as someone who has been in a romantic relationship with him and a, long-running friendship with him that has since gotten extremely close like it is a prominent feature of knowing rob is that he's he's intense and he expresses himself honestly and that can be intimidating um (laughs) this girl was like alone on the beach with you
0: Okay, it was very, I get it. she was very into it, and yeah. it was all very, she was giving different. you the signals the that you couldn't say that, yeah. That it wasn't like the first thing that we had said in an yeah. hour, we were yeah. complimenting each other a lot, and like, yeah. building passion, yeah. um, wasn't like, my opening line was not that.
1: Yes, right, 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 right. So. I see it from both sides, for sure.
0: Sure. The point of me telling the story was, the next day I felt bad that she felt that way and felt unsafe around me. And then I also congratulated myself a little bit for um, doing the thing that I was yeah. afraid and then being like, all right, she's okay. She wasn't, she's not scarred for life. That was uncomfortable. Definitely but not like, scarred for life. if I'm always afraid of ever pushing someone's yes. boundary, yes. then I won't have the positive experiences that come from doing something bold. And it's important. I was happy that I got an experience that allowed me to practice being rejected and every everyone was safe. It wasn't the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a rumor spread about me that I was a huge creep <laughs> and no one should ever, you know, invite me to be their friend or associate <laughs> with me, which.
1: <laughs> How many times in your life have you been invited to be someone's friend? That does not happen. I guess Facebook, but like, you know, in real life, it's not as formal as extending an invitation.
0: Yeah, I could do that. Uh, No, I was using that kind of as code. I guess I'm thinking about the current uh, sexual climate yeah. in the Me Too, post-Me Too movement. Uh, we've been discussing improv coaches that our team might want or not. Mm-hmm. And the girls on my team will just make these vague, like, I heard from somebody that that guy is just not a good guy. And then I'm like, I don't <laughs> and, then then ask. No. and then there's no discussion of why, but I assume it's... <laughs> it's Something sexual related. Yeah. Some, he creeped somebody out or he crossed some boundary. And uh, maybe I should ask, you know, challenge that. But, like, <sighs> if they're a good this improv so coach stinking. or, like, should, should rumors like that, I think that that's a problem in the balance of power of, like, somebody can just say that they're not a good guy and then that ruins, you know, I'm not going to relate to them in any case. I'm not looking at dating them. So should they not be allowed to be my improv coach if they, it just, it matters how bad. If they like mm-hmm. had a weapon and assaulted somebody,
1: of <laughs> course, I don't want them. He's not a but good guy. when we're vague <laughs> He like stabbed that, some of my
0: friends. <laughs> right. That'd be terrible. <laughs> That's
1: legit. Yeah.
0: It gets messy if it's like, if they lied or cheated or if they like, okay,
1: but what people other qualifications people... should we consider for an improv coach?
0: <laughs> right? Exactly. In some realm of somebody's life, they will have done something that is not admirable. It's yes. shameful. Yeah. If it's sexual, I feel like that carries a per- like a special weight now.
1: Oh, I think it's a weight that it should carry because it's been something that's been sort of in the closet, so to speak, for so yeah. long. And we've been suffering with it for so long. However, there is nuance. And... You know, we shouldn't be comparing what Bill Cosby did to, uh, you know, he sort of, you know, grabbed my ass at a club and it wasn't appropriate. It's like, those are two really different things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we may label both of those things as bad, um, some of them as horrendously horrifying, but like, it's, yeah, I mean, we are and we aren't the sum of our actions. It's... It's fucking, it's dicey. It's, I, I even feel uncomfortable, like, commenting on it at all because it's so. Same. Yeah. But, but we have anything to. anything
0: that I say is just going to make me look like a, a red pill male apologist. And so I tend to avoid it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: uh, I'm even uncomfortable. Like, uh, I'll say something that under the microscope. Well, or if you take it out of context, context, yeah. Right then, when I'm when it's my turn to host the Oscars in twelve years, I'm <laughs> so fine. they're going to pull out a
1: twelve There's second clip a, of this podcast of him someone. saying it's not that bad that he stabbed someone, yeah, <laughs> with his penis right. without consent. Right. Yeah, no, I know, I know. I didn't say that though. No, no, Fair. I know that was I'm, a made up quote. Yes, that was a made up Very quote. Good. Um,
0: that didn't like end up on the editing cutting room floor of this podcast. No, and she's referencing something you didn't get no, to hear.
1: No, 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 no. I was. I was modeling an example of how one would take something out of, how one would twist and contort what someone said very loosely. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I don't even know where to go from here because it's just like, rape culture. What's next?
0: (laughs) How about we uh, turn to our listeners, our future (laughs) listeners on Reddit and see what kind of advice they're asking for. What do you say?
1: I say sure. I'm glad that you're sitting up because now it feels like we're having a more
0: I was laying down. Yeah. It it helped me open up as like a
1: uh-huh.
0: uh I As if I was on a therapist's chaiselange. Uh
1: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> all right. Semra twenty three says, I have trouble speaking. I talk with a very low voice and I've never really Sorry. I talk with a very low voice, and I'm never really able to get the words out of my mouth. This leads me to often getting treated any kind of way, and I'm never really able to stick up for myself. I can't even just casually talk to someone to try and become their friend, or even talk to a girl I like. The only time I really talk is when I'm with my friends, and even then, I still have trouble with expressing my feelings and things on my mind out of fear of what they might say. I think this is lowering my confidence even lower than what it already was affecting And my ability to be happy. Anything I can do to get better at speaking my mind and becoming more social?
1: Um. Okay. I have a lot of different directions we could go in here. One of them is when he says he talks low, I assume he means quietly and not like super low voice. Like low like this. Like low like he's quiet. Because he's then saying, I can't. I find it difficult to speak up in any circumstances. Yeah. Whatever he's defining as low talking, he's then realizing he's made it his reality Mm -hmm. in a way and that's sad but but i think also like the fact that this person has enough desire to speak out and self-awareness to use a platform like reddit to express this thought and is even thinking about thing these things is super promising and um you know it 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 opens him up to receive what he actually wants because i'm sure there are like you know. (laughs) not 8 billion, because that's about how many people there are on the planet, but, um, you know, a ton of people who have exactly the same problem that haven't bothered to voice it in any capacity. Mm -hmm. So I would, the the first thing I would say before we say, here's our onslaught of advice for this person and all the things that they're doing wrong is like, you're doing something right by even owning up to this issue in a way that kind of subverts the original problem. Right. Or or indicates the uh, an optimism. Optimism. <laughs> that was so weird. Um, an optimism about this problem being solved and being able to use his quote unquote voice to get his needs met.
0: Yeah. I relate to this guy. I, I find myself in this. We know situation it's a guy, regularly. right? He said even talking to girls, it could be
1: I guess it could be a girl. Could be
0: a lesbian who has trouble finding her voice.
1: I think we have to assume I think we're going to have to assume it's a guy. We it's a guy. both it that way. It's a guy. Okay. It's a guy.
0: Whatever. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. It, we can all relate to this problem. Your dick's not going to be a part of the treatment.
1: Um, <laughs> or
0: your puss, whatever you got, person. Semrod your 23. Your <laughs> Your giant clit.
1: <laughs>
0: um, you click. Yeah. I feel this way when I'm uncomfortable that anything that I could say... Uh, will just sound stupid to the people Mm. around me. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it helps to give yourself permission to say something dumb. It often comes after I'm judging other people for, oh man, they're just saying the most banal, uninteresting things. They're like super predictable. Mm -hmm. Nobody's really being that real. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I judge my own thoughts in the same way.
1: Which actually, I mean, I actually find sometimes that's very motivating and inspiring when you notice other people around you are doing things that are just as dumb and silly Mm. and, you know, unworthwhile as what would come out of your mouth. Mm. And then you go, you know what? I think I can bother to speak because none of us are perfect. Yeah. That helped. That's helped me with tons of things at different levels of my existence.
0: I agree. Yeah, recognizing the flaws in other people. And then once you know that that's powerful, uh, if you want to help other people, you can talk about your own flaws and acknowledge them for them. So then it's like, ah, everyone breathes a sigh of relief. I'm not the only one struggling with this. Yes, we are all vulnerable. What I was trying to do in starting the answer to Semra is uh, let them know that I deal with this. And look at me. I have a hugely successful podcast now. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, voluntarily listen to myself talk for hours
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Morgan laughs very hard at my jokes um, mm-hmm. And she's a girl She's a pretty girl too I know that's someone the type of person that you said That you have had trouble talking to um, So it can get better And it has for me um, it, In terms of practical advice I would get used to talking to yourself When you're alone Maybe you have a car This is a great time that you can talk I love uh, freestyle rapping. Um, it doesn't have to sound <laughs> like a rapper.
1: Don't start with that, though. Why um, not? Young Samsa or whatever. His or name is. singing or just making gibberish noises. Yes, Getting comfortable
0: noises. with your voice yeah. sounding bad or just not judging it, just uh, letting out strings of sounds and practicing, like, oh, that feels good when my throat vibrates because I'm making sound. Um,
1: and I think, like, the reason that I came down on your suggestion of. Freestyle rapping is because that's something that's extremely difficult. It's like a level 10 of this problem. And so I wouldn't want him to think, I have to start with freestyle rapping. Difficult
0: to do well. But if you're alone, the point isn't to make something awesome that other people are impressed by. It's just to practice... opening the valve on your brain and letting your tongue work.
1: I would also, since you specifically said that your problem was low talking, Mm -hmm. like I would experiment speaking at different volumes and in different, using your voice in different ways. So like start out talking really low and then see what it's like to get really loud and like, you know, play with, play with your voice. Um, instead of, um, Getting so in your head about what is it going to sound like, how is this person going to respond to it, you know. And I think that's why Rob's point of like doing it alone is a great place to start, just getting comfortable with hearing things come out of your mouth. And I don't know what your background is, but like a lot of us were told, you know, verbally or non-verbally, to be quiet, to not make noise yeah. when we were kids. Um, and so that you could be dealing with a lot of extra baggage about when is it appropriate for you to make noise. Um, And I would just encourage you to say to yourself that just like Rob said, I am allowed to make noise Um, in the same way that you would look at someone else and go, they're allowed to say what's on their mind. I'm allowed to say what's on my mind. Um, And a problem that I have sometimes is like, I will speak, you know, without thinking And then my anxiety will hit right after I speak or right after I text someone, oh my God, should I have said this? Should I have done that? And I end up going crazy until that person responds. And then the person responds and often the feedback is fine. And then it's like, oh, okay, okay. It was just my fear kind of like getting, just running absolutely rampant. Um, And the fear is often so much worse than any real world result that we get unless you know, we have an experience that's really traumatic, in which case our worst case scenario came true. And so of course you're going to be terrified that that's going to happen again. Um, but this is a really powerful um, issue uh, for like exposure therapy. You know, just experiment with little ways where you can speak up. If your problem is you're speaking low, speak high. Um, practice it in small low stakes ways and build up gradually as you get more comfortable. And I think posting on a forum about it is you're already doing that. Like you're already, you know, making space and, and letting people hear you and inviting responses, which Mm -hmm. is so brave. I think
0: another of the issues might be thinking that what you say has to be great. Mm. Uh, Yeah. I think uh, 95% of conversation is pretty predictable stuff. And uh, how you say it is more important than the actual content. Just giving a person a nod while you're saying, it could be gibberish and a lot of times people would think that they just misunderstood you. And it's really about the tone of voice that you use and the facial expression, your body language when you're saying what you're saying. I've heard this for dating advice. If you have trouble talking to girls, a lot of guys will go to pickup lines. Like if they have the perfect, (laughs) really, like some girl is just going to be swept off her feet by like, wow, that was so clever, that wordplay that he used or that thing that, and uh, hi, my name is Rob, what's yours, can be a great pickup line if it's delivered uh, with true confidence, willingness to accept rejection. And candor. Yeah, like your timing and your self-presentation is more important than what you actually say. Um, But don't
1: get too anxious about those things either. Yeah. Um, Like I think what you're commenting on is like the presence in a full-bodied way with which you show up and all the Mm -hmm. nonverbal things that you're communicating are also um, sort of threads in this tapestry of how you show up in the world and how you converse and how you relate to other people. And I think that, you know you're noticing this one particular aspect of that tapestry and perhaps you're giving it an importance that it may not deserve because, you know, we are often taught to zero in on our most, mo- our most vulnerable place our what we perceive as our biggest flaws and just only consume ourselves with that. So I would challenge you to, um, brainstorm what are the other things about the way that I show up and what's great about that? What's, um, not even great about that. What's, what is it like when I show up and you can interview your friends, like interview people that you're close with, do some market research of like, what, what do you think of when you think of me? Um, and you can kind of take note of what are the things that you like about how you're perceived? What are the things that you are aspiring to move away from about how you're perceived? But sometimes, you know, our own worst vision of ourselves comes from us. And so bouncing off of people that, um, know us well or even people that don't um but you know people that have a more balanced perception of yourself than yourself which is often (laughs) most people (laughs) can be helpful that's a lot of free advice
0: yeah i've been thinking about how when you get back from a foreign country
1: Mm -hmm.
0: when i get back from a foreign country i'm often Uh, just shocked that we all speak the same language here Mm. and how cool that is that Mm -hmm. there's this like built it people that I've never met I can count on to think of a tomato when I say tomato (laughs) and we're both picturing that red uh fruit
1: roundish yeah
0: fruit yeah
1: fruit yeah no we all agree that it's a fruit mm, we don't need to debate
0: that I'd say in our circles because we hang out with smart people that we do but most people would call it a vegetable if you took a poll so I didn't want to, like, divide. I realized that's a pretty divisive one that I just picked.
1: And you just explained it in a way that makes it more divisive.
0: Yeah, yeah. People are going to be turned <laughs> off by that, definitely. What a but snooty snoot. That's Fruits and avocados are the two... Yeah. Sorry, tomatoes and avocados right. are the two fruits, fruits that people are yeah. like...
1: That's well, not a fruit. Yeah. You just don't think of it as a fruit because it's not sweet and juicy.
0: And most people don't care about these categorizations, really, either. That's true. It's us because we like to feel better than other people by knowing Absolutely. that they don't. Um, and that's probably, a pretension
1: is a disease.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but it motivated us to make and so this is hypertension. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so maybe if you go to a place where people don't speak your language, uh, and you're tested to try and communicate that you have to go to the bathroom or whatever, whatever information you need, um, you recognize there are lots of ways to communicate beyond just sharing the language And then, oh, it's so liberating when you're back in a place where people actually do speak, use the same words to reference the same ideas. How cool that is. Yeah. I always feel like if I'm in a foreign country and then someone else speaks English, great, what a relief. There's so many things that we can talk about by contrast to all of these people that I have such a limited, I know how to say like five things to. Um, And then when I'm back in the U.S., it's like, oh, wow. The world is my oyster conversationally with these people. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. We really do... I mean, it's something, obviously, we take for granted. Um, And I think it is... Oh, my God. We can talk about, um, you know, the classic white man, learn learn English or get the fuck out. (laughs) You know, like, that is just, like, so ignorant of the way that our country is evolving, in my opinion. Participate in this evolution. I feel we've leaned heavily on the advice and the psychological learnings in this particular podcast yeah. episode, we've leaned a little less heavily on the comedic value. So now it's time for each
0: of us to tell a joke. Oh, fuck. When people ask me about being from West Virginia, the joke mm. that I often tell, is: mm-hmm. it's not like what people expect. I don't just have unprotected sex with my sister.
1: <laughs> you wear a condom.
0: I don't say that part. Oh. I, it's subtle. So it, gets, it allows me to check who's listening um mm-hmm. carefully to the words because a lot of people just nod along and don't pay attention to the unprotected part but then when someone does go like why did you say unprotected or that's do you wear a condom i don't understand mm-hmm. then I'm like, it gives okay, them here's... the
1: opportunity to be a hero
0: a hero in your joke yes that's beautiful exactly um so i like to slip in little games for myself of an extra word that changes the meaning but you say it in a way that makes it sound like the opposite of what you're actually saying.
1: Rob is a big Easter egg planter in yeah. the way that he doles himself out socially, which is greatly appreciated.
0: Um, but for Semra, back to your problem, it can also, if you're if you value that so highly, you can think that everything you say or everything that you write has to have this uh, additional layer of meaning that uh, for it to even be valuable or even mm-hmm. be worth hearing yeah and that can hold you back from it's held me back from uh (sighs) releasing songs or writing uh stories comedy sketches because i'm like oh it has to work on all these different levels because it could so i (laughs) need to like jam all this stuff in there Mm -hmm. so that if someone wants to analyze it they'll be impressed and that's i think maybe the heart of both of our problem when we have trouble speaking up is like this need to impress people That it has to be really, really good. It can't just be like a forgotten passing phrase. It has to be something profound.
1: I used to have a rule for myself Hmm. that I could only open my mouth if something was going to come out that was in one of the following categories. Entertaining, like, you know, valuable in terms of, you know, uh, information that someone should have. Um, Maybe it was only those two. It was like... Because I used to have the same thing of like, I better not bother fucking speaking unless someone else is going to get a lot out of it. Mm -hmm. Because that's, that was the messaging that I got as a kid. Um, And yeah, I mean, when I look back on that version of myself, it's heartbreaking. Um, I mean, and also like still close to home, you know, but I do censor myself significantly less um, than I used to.
0: Can you think of a way to, I, as an adult now, understand that kids often are annoying when they talk. (laughs) They are. Uh, Like, I want to fix this problem. I want to give kids, I I think it's a problem that, what's the Neil deGrasse Tyson quote, that we teach kids to walk and talk and then spend the rest of their lives telling them to shut up and sit down. That, like, (laughs) we give them these skills and then immediately tell them to not do them.
1: Yeah, um, yeah.
0: I would love it for kids to... I've heard that that's why people are... Like, children are naturally good singers or would-be, but most people are, are told to be quiet, and then they lose their vocal abilities. Hmm. Um, the blind kids, that can echolocate naturally, and they're uh-huh. forced to stop because it's annoying. When you yes. have a bunch of children around, yeah. or when you have children interacting with adults, it's uh, from the adult's point of view... Yeah, it's annoying when kids tell you a story that's not going anywhere. (laughs) They are just including all these details and tangents. They're like totally not thinking about it from your perspective. Um, Should adults just suck it up and put up with it more? Can we build a robot? Can we pretend to be listening and just doing something else? Have your plugs in?
1: This is something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, I don't know the answer, obviously, but one response that i would say or one like thing that i've observed is that parents often try a little bit harder than they should to treat their kid the way that they fear the world is going to treat them so you know the the to prepare them for it yes exactly and so kids walk around or form as they you know in their formative years this idea that all of their worst fears are founded all of the time And they're always going to be met with the worst case scenario. And as a coach, it's like, that's what I spend 90% of my time doing with clients is breaking down those defenses because it's like, you know, the parent thinks they're doing the kid a service by punishing them. But really what they're doing is giving their kid a punishing internal monologue. Mm -hmm. And so what do I think adults should do about it? Just be, just be as an adult model for the kid the way that one should be in the world that works the best in their eyes by just being themselves and not coming down excessively harshly on certain things, um, but, you know, helping them to be curious. Maybe if your kid is telling a story that's really, really long, you could ask in a sort of playful way about, how long is this story going to be? You know, I, I don't know. That could shame a kid and ruin their life. Cause <laughs> anything could, anything could. Um, but, but the, I think the more that we are so constricted and punishing ourselves, the more our kids pick that up. And the things that you consciously try to pass on to your kids are often, often not the things that they pick up. They pick up the things you're unconscious about too. So it's like you, you, you just, you're always going to fucking lose and you're always going to fucking win. So just do what you want to do. <laughs> That's a gross oversimplification, but, um, anxiety is just pervasive. It's such a, yeah, it just spreads and multiplies when it's unchecked. Um, and we so often give our kids the message that it's important to have anxiety Mm -hmm. in order to be prepared for what the world is going to give you.
0: I agree. I, I do think that I was probably coddled a bit too much. Like, I didn't get grades below an A. I didn't get cut from anything. I, I didn't experience much rejection until much later. hmm And I wish that it was just a normal part of, like, bullying, for instance. is something that's a hot-button issue.
1: You weren't really bullied at all?
0: Maybe once or twice. Um, I think... People being mean is something kids should deal with pretty regularly. That we shouldn't eliminate that completely. Now
1: You can't control constant, what other kids are going to say to your kid. That's for damn sure.
0: I think that the current trend is to do that. Is mm-hmm. to, we should encourage kids to be nice to each other, but also uh, not give kids an environment where they just make it all the way to 18 Having not dealt with, like, Hmm. somebody excluding them, somebody uh, making fun of them.
1: I guess I don't think as the parent you need to curate that environment. Yeah. Well, as Um.
0: teachers or people designing spaces for kids to interact.
1: Hmm. That's interesting.
0: I think that uh, if there is an overabundance of um, social justice uh, shutting people down for saying things that are offensive, trying to censor alternative points of view that it may be the result of this Mm anti-bullying culture that these are kids that are getting to college and I count myself amongst them having not really uh, learned how to respond to things that hurt them and learned how to argue that they just want to stop the Mm. the offensive point of view
1: um I think that I, I definitely did not have the experience that you had. I feel adequately rejected and bullied. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been sort of overcoming that, yeah. you know, um, into adulthood and I'm sure beyond. Um, and I, my, my point is that one way or another, I don't think that we have to overly censor. Overly censor the negative voices, overly censor the positive voices. I think... That the less anxiety and self-consciousness about the way we approach these issues, the more that will unconsciously get passed on. I I mean, I think, you know, there's the what doesn't kill you make you stronger kind of mentality of like, you know, allowing life's challenges to help you grow, but not supplying additional challenges so your kid can get tough as nails because that fucks you up. I think
0: that's what school is. Right. Sure. Kids need stressors. Kids need challenges to grow. That's,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I think we've created, we could just have kids in comfortable like TV rooms all day with all their meals provided. And
1: no, I'm certainly not. Yeah.
0: We, we teach them to run and, and think harder than they want to and stay up a little longer and introduce themselves in situations where they don't want to talk to other people, make them tell the team that I they're putting the team. Challenging
1: our kids is different than intentional, like excessively punishing them mm-hmm. because they think that, like for example. I was yelled at and punished for spilling milk. Yeah. Literally milk because I was forced to drink milk every day with dinner until I was 16. Until I could legally operate a vehicle, I had to drink milk with dinner. Um, And I would spill it completely accidentally, obviously. And I was punished for that. What in the goddamn hell is that supposed to prepare me for in life? Thinking that my accidents are all my fault? Mm -hmm. That's horrible. Um... And it, of course, now I understand what it reflects about the people that were punishing me for that because it made them uncomfortable when I spilled the milk because it created a mess that they then had to clean up. So they wanted to yell me into not doing that. Sure. And with that comes an unconscious attribution of every single thing that's bad that happens is my fault. Um, of course, I don't have to interpret it that way, but as a kid, you often do. And you say... Oh my God, when I make a mistake, love is removed. And I better not make a mistake for the rest of my goddamn life. Hmm. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And it, there's really no right or wrong answer. Um, but the more that as a parent, I think, or a therapist or a friend or anyone, that you can embody what you want to see in the people around you, rather than just giving free advice. Is the best way to go. Because people learn by example. Mm-hmm. Um, people see what you do. They hear what you say. But mostly they s- internalize what you do. So everyone should pretty much just start a podcast. Is what I'm saying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How has this experience been for you? Is this Is your first podcast you've ever been on?
1: Definitely. Definitely.
0: I'm not counting the right. trial run that we did back in December.
1: Right. No, yeah, no. This is definitely the first. I... I am uncomfortable, actually, really, to comment on this exact phenomenon of not wanting to hear your own voice Mm -hmm. and being super self-conscious, like, there's a huge hesitation for me. Because I have to overcome all these programs in my head of who the fuck would want to listen to me talk for an hour. And it's like, well, I have a lot of friends. I have people that pay me for my guidance Mm -hmm. and support. (laughs) And my parents call me and my friends call me for advice and my clients call me for advice. So it's like... Okay, obviously, I'm getting the feedback that people want to hear what I have to say. But still, my unconscious programming from when I was a kid was, no, we don't want to hear you. So I have this extreme self-consciousness that many of us have, like if you, you know, listen to your voicemail greeting or whatever, um, where hearing yourself talk is just tremendously uncomfortable. And so I know that. That's going to be this experience. When I listen back to this, I'm going to be like, what a fucking bitch. <laughs> and like, oh, my God, she's so loud. Oh, my God, she's so nasally. Oh, my God, she keeps interrupting. But at a certain point, you have to decide. I'm living my life in the way that feels the best for me. And people can decide what that means to them. Um, and no one is forced to listen to this podcast.
0: Mm-hmm. That, uh, that reminds me of one last thing that I'd like to say to Semra. Mm-hmm. Uh, when something strikes you as scary, potentially threatening in the moment, talking to a person you never spoke to before, I've found it helpful to remember death. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I think I'm going to die yeah. and be forgotten
1: very quickly.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, it, very soon that'll all happen. Um,
1: Do you want to plug that app?
0: Oh, yeah. So there's an app called WeCroak that reminds you five times a day that you're going to die. Um, Just gives you a little notification and then offers you a quote about the impermanence of everything. And uh, when I remember that, I often am emboldened to, okay, well, I'm only alive for a little bit, so I might as well try talking to this person if I feel like it. It's all going to be erased soon anyway, and none of this (laughs) will have mattered, so... And then I won't have to dwell on whether I made the wrong move or have a regret about not doing this. So just remembering that I'm going to die takes some of the sting out of uh, my worries of rejection.
1: Uh, yeah, because, you know, why not supplant that with an even greater fear? <laughs> 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 Look, whatever works, babe. Whatever works. You,
0: how, how would it make you feel to think about dying?
1: I think about and dying all the time. Um does it
0: make you more scared to connect with people or take risks? I think it makes me less scared of doing things that I'm afraid of. Yeah. Like, well, I'm going to die anyway. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean I, I mean that's all that like deathbed shit, you mm-hmm. know? Like people who are like, "Well, I'm going to die in a week or well, I'm going to die in a whatever." So when you when those people are asked, "What are your regrets about the way that you lived?" it's like, "I didn't I didn't give myself enough permission to do the things I wanted to do. I mm-hmm. should have just done this. I should have, you know, <laughs> like the the more time that you devote to asking yourself if you should do something the less time that you have mm-hmm. to do it Um, and I recognize that that's you know can be a potentially anxiety inducing thought um, but when you have all of the patience in the world for yourself you have like infinite time so you know don't don't rush through your life, but don't get so terrified of taking a step in any direction that you know the same thing happens. Yeah. I feels like a good
0: I think so. Time it's to quit. 80 minutes is the average commute length in LA. So,
1: are you sure about that? Do you look it uh, you're up?
0: Just getting to work now. <laughs> coming from West Covina to uh, <laughs> where most people work in Malibu. <laughs>
1: where most of everyone works. You know how the bustling metro- urban metropolis of West Covina. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, we're going to be back next Monday. We'll record another one and release these whenever we get around to it. We'll see if this part makes it in.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we welcome any free advice from you guys about what you think of our podcast. Um, and in the same way that we reserve the right to say, no, we're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you can't, you can also choose in your life not to take our advice, of course. Um, but you know, I think that hopefully you've seen something here that you're interested in coming back for more. And, you know, we hope to show you, um, more of the things that you want to see. So, we welcome we welcome your free advice the same way that you welcome ours.
0: Yeah, we do. So leave the comments, like, subscribe, share.
1: Rate, review, yeah, all that yeah, shit. Do all, do all the shit.
0: Click a bunch on your screen.
1: <laughs> just, just actually blindfold Close yourself your and just let your index finger go fucking willy-nilly.
0: Tap your monitor whether it's a touch screen or not. <laughs> see what clicks. <laughs> That's engagement. Blow
1: That's, on the phone. Yeah.
0: Uh, just, sneeze on it Yeah Try and work out The maximal input Into your computer Whatever you can Or device Whatever you're uh, Using this on If you're in your car Honk your horn A couple
1: times <laughs> The more honks You get,
0: The better That it uh, helps Our search engine Optimization So thanks And
1: just yeah Honk anyway Because just Make noise
0: mm-hmm. Slam on the brakes
1: <laughs> Endanger everyone Around you
0: Go into neutral <laughs>
1: that your alternator fails and you just stall out in the middle of LAX departures and just see if that goes well for you. (laughs) It didn't for me. Okay. Um, Cool. Thanks, guys.
0: Uh, What are we going to look forward to on the next episode? What do you want to do differently? I think more comedy. More comedy? You want to do some prepared bits? No. (laughs) Should we get high? I think we should get (laughs) high. Next time, more weed. Next
1: time, more weed, more giggles. Yeah. Um but you tell us what you think would be mm-hmm. great. I love the I love the going to Reddit, straight to the source, reading someone's unfiltered words and mm-hmm. specifically talking to that person and in a way talking to everyone. I love that. Yeah. Cuz look, we're fucking figuring it out as we go too. Like this is a reflexive process. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that like I've said multiple times to Rob in conversations not recorded that I want this podcast to be an example of us doing something that we're hesitant to do and just seeing how it goes and putting it out into the world. And by doing so sort of vulnerably that we can hopefully inspire other people to do things that make them feel vulnerable. Yeah.
0: I think one of the prime values that this podcast represents is quality, friendship, and communication <laughs> really we've uh You're this right. is a good friendship that i didn't have at all points and if there was a younger me listening to this i might view these two people as role models of oh that kind of sounds like me and i could have friendships like that if i keep uh, approaching people and keep relating to them with honesty
1: kindness and yeah, love yeah
0: yeah the way that we talk honesty mm-hmm. kindness and love and a sense of humor a lightness to it all um, an interest.
1: A willingness to be wrong
0: mm-hmm.
1: is important.
0: Yeah. It is.
1: Because we're wrong so many times. Yeah. <laughs> so you might as well get willing.
0: Right. <laughs> if you're terrified of being welcome wrong, to the club. You can't be right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're terrified scared. of being
1: wrong, welcome to everyone it's ever. It's
0: <laughs> not about... Okay, right. <laughs> you have to be scared to be brave. So yes, It's not about... Exactly. Whether you're terrified or not. If you let your terror uh, paralyze you from doing something that might be wrong, then you don't get to be right either. And it's better to be right 1% of the time than have zero trials and never be right.
1: And then there's a certain point where, you know, I have a lot of clients and friends and, you know, general people who are like so trapped in their intellect that they're collecting evidence and collecting data for like... Mm -hmm way beyond what's necessary um so it's like you have to like do the phase of collecting data and getting prepared and getting comfortable and finding out why you may be uncomfortable and figuring out the things that you want to do and then at a certain point stand up and do the thing stop collecting evidence and just go do it
0: yeah suck until you don't suck until you
1: don't suck until they come (laughs) (laughs) um you know just try shit yeah Cool, cool.
0: All right, guys. Love you. Thank you for listening all the way through. Uh, We're going to get in a quick word from our sponsors. (laughs) (laughs) Then we'll be done. do start making some big bucks. (laughs) Well, we got to pay for the batteries that we put in the microphone. Somehow we got to cover these costs.
1: I mean, I already paid for them because I ordered them from Amazon in a giant container. But, you know, yeah.
0: Well, you know, we got a a lot of opportunity costs at a yeah.